welcome everyone back to the latest episode of the Untitled Nick Cage Show. I am Larry. I am Rachel. Uh, this is not a review of Pig. We're going to get into Nay. why we skipped it. We are we no. are doing Valley Girl instead, uh, yeah. which I, I think was kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But before we I think it that, was the right call. I think it was the right call. A hundred percent. It's like a, a life affirming story versus one that is going to be absolutely devastating. <laughs> and, and not only that, like I'm also like really enjoying the old Nick Cage stuff because like I know a lot of his like middle stuff. So seeing this early mm-hmm. stuff is uh it's very nice. I think. Yeah, most definitely. And I think this is kind of his first real starring joint. So if we go to something more modern next, it's a better comparison point than, you know. Yes. As much as I enjoyed the best of times. <laughs> Even though I had the best of times watching it, I think this is a better uh, jumping off point for Modern Cage. Yes, 100%. So what's been new with you, Rachel? It's been a month since we recorded. Obviously, we've talked a lot since then. But what's uh, been going on with you? You're um, almost uh, 25, right? Yes, almost 25, right around the corner. I'm going to be able to rent a car. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have I been up to? Well, uh, Delta continues to rage, so my vacations have subsequently all been canceled. So that's been fun. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Boise's out. Hawaii's probably a wrap. Uh, so I've been like feeling very sorry for myself, mostly. But yeah, I'm getting ready for my birthday, which I'm really excited about. And um, as far as podcastings go, I was recently on an episode of of uh, Bloody Good Horror, where we reviewed Spiral. And as you know, as someone who watched all of the Saw movies with me, it was a very strange experience to be the expert, <laughs> the Saw <laughs> expert on a podcast. So that was kind of fun. And if you haven't listened to that, people should check that out. It's a great show. And I think we had a really fun conversation. What else has been going on? I don't know, man. I'm totally drawing a blank, even though I know life goes on. So what about you? What have you been up to? Maybe it'll drag my memory. <laughs> uh, well, for me, um, I kind of went in depth on this uh, on Here's Johnny for the Blasto review episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on August 16th, one of our dogs, when we woke up in the morning, was like really lethargic. And we thought yeah. it was because he, uh, he went for a, like a long hike the day before, so we thought maybe he was just tired. So I went into work and came home early just to come check on him and stuff. And he was really not doing well. Um, Ugh, and and I was monitoring him. He wasn't eating anything, barely drinking water. And when Devin got home, I was like, we need to take him to the vet. Yeah. So we did, and we found out that he had a very severe case of autoimmune hemolytic anemia. Oof, which that sounds is, bad. Yeah, which is basically where his body was lysing the red blood cells in his veins. Poor baby. Yeah, a good uh, red blood cell number is usually between 35 and 55, and his was at uh-huh. 7. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So all very, very, very scary. Um. He had this experimental plasmapheresis treatment. Jesus. Five of them, which is the most the vet had ever done. Have you just bought a house in the form of plasma replacement yes. therapy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, um, but last Monday we took him home and he mm-hmm. was really lethargic and really not doing well. But 
I had had a conversation with the vet because I, I know a little bit about science. I mean, I know a little bit about drug yeah. studies and how drugs work. I mean, you're literally a scientist who works <laughs> in drug studies, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and even though the plasma transfusion, what they were doing is they basically were circulating out his plasma and his blood and taking out all these antibodies that were hurting him or causing his body to react the way it was. Yeah. And then putting back in clean stuff. But at the mm-hmm. same time, while they were doing that, the other thing they were doing is obviously he's on immunosuppressants because they're trying to knock down his immune system to stop this reaction. They're filtering oh, all man. that out. Oh, man. So even though it got Dante out of that really, really bad red zone, right, when he's at seven, at the same time, I asked the vet if he thought maybe we were also causing a little bit of damage too, right? Not damage, but like resetting the immunosuppressant clock yeah. each time. Right. He said, well, that's a good idea. And at that point, we had spent so much money. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Emergency vets. Oof. Oh, yeah. Oof, and oof, I even got a 10% oof. discount from OSU. And let me tell you, it did not feel like it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But we let kept... me know if there's a GoFundMe, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, Devin refused. Um, Thursday, last Thursday, we took him in. And his numbers only dropped two. They went from like 18 to 16, which is the okay. best drop there ever was. And then okay. the that's like, all right, bring him back in Monday. So I took him in as we're recording yesterday. Yeah. And his numbers actually went up. Oh, Larry, he, that's amazing. Because it was bad. really touch and go. Like I was giving you the yeah. like, you were really, you gave him a beautiful life speech. I, know. I, I actually, I actually wrote a little thing to him in like my notes on my phone, which oh. I was able to delete after yesterday. Oh, thank God. Yeah, it was, because I never had a dog growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And he isn't the first dog. That was Colossus, but he's the second dog and he's like Devin's shadow. And, yeah. and he's also, it was just, the f- most frustrating part is like, he didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. Right. There was no way to predict this. It literally no. just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where if if it had been something going on, you don't know because you can't communicate in that way. And it's you just want to be able in those moments to read your pet's mind. Like, what do you need? It's so me. tough, too. Like, like one time when we were going, this is a long time ago, we went for a hike. He stepped on a bee, it stung him. He made a little yip, and then he went down and ripped the bee, and he tried to continue walking even as his paw started swelling up. Aww. Like, Dante is such a strong dog, and and it was just so sad to see him like that, and because of COVID, fuck every single person oh who my God, got the vaccine, by the way, because because of you, my dog yeah. had to stay a week in a hospital without me being able to go see him. Yeah. Um, like... It was just, it was an awful week, but mm-hmm. I'm just really happy that OSUER was able to, to help him, and he's home. He doesn't go back too. in until next Tuesday, and at that point, uh, the doctor wants to start weaning him off of some of these immunosuppressants. He'll he'll okay. be on them for the rest of his life, um, just to not risk another flare-up, just to constantly yeah. keep his immune system calmed down. Mm-hmm. He'll never be able to get vaccines again. Um, this is a case where getting up, he's like pass from getting the vaccine right unlike you assholes who decide not right. to get it yourself dante uh, he... is the reason if you can get a vaccine <laughs> yes. you fucking get one because yes. it's called herd immunity <laughs> yes exactly because the yeah. poor dog can't because it would like it's what vaccines do right it would literally yeah. cause a system to flare up and would right. be terrible mm-hmm. uh but no and like i'm home i have a two-week vacation i'm from yesterday Ooh. until september 14th i'm basically just get, i'm trying to get as far ahead in my um 
MBA classes as I possibly can. Nice. Um, I actually got the first week of homework done uh, oh, in excellent. the first two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So You're working... that one person that does it. Good job, Larry. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to do well. Like I had to take out another student loan, which I swore to myself I would not do again oh, man. in order to get this sheet of paper. But uh, so I'm not in my, my last time in college, especially after leaving West Point, I, uh, I definitely had focus more on having a good time than I did on right. like, doing well in the classes. Like I got right. through, but it was like, like the C for degree kind of situation. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a real different experience when you go back to college. <laughs> yeah. It's all online, which is fine. And yeah, it's, well, uh, that's kind of great. It actually is kind of nice. I actually don't mind it. Um, the professors, I only had the email one so far, and she's been very responsive. She responds, like, honestly, within, like, an hour. That's dope. Which has been really nice. But, yeah, honestly, that's kind of been it. The biggest thing was Dante, but he's doing well. And I I want to say, my, my, she doesn't listen to this, but my, our, our friend Jamie, uh, she actually helped us out a little bit. Um, just an amazing girl. She was in Devin's wedding party and been my friend since Miami. So she literally helped us save our dog, and the vet even said that he wouldn't have been able to afford the treatments. So it made us feel good we were able to do that for Dante, and he's still here with us. So it's all worth it in the end. Yes, Dante and his world-class ears. Such a cute dog. Yes, yes. Such a cutie. Yeah, I was sending Rachel. Rachel was great throughout all of it, and Justin was too. And I kind of shut down, but you two were constantly there, and I really do appreciate it because... I don't know. I was I was spiraling a little bit. <laughs> oh, I totally get it. I totally get it. It's one of those things where, like, I don't think people appreciate enough how hard it is. Like, pet grief or fear for the health of your pet. Like, that is... People downplay it. And it, yeah. it is incredibly intense, you know? It has um, made me question not only if I'll get another dog after the three we have... Right, right. It has honestly had me and Devin questioning whether we even want to have kids. It's traumatic. I had a very traumatic experience a few years ago with a kitten that we adopted. And, Mm -hmm. like, since then, my boyfriend has kitten fever. He wants to get another cat. And there's just, like, a little part of me that is really afraid to do it again because I don't know that I could go through that kind of fear and trauma again like i know that sounds extremely like uh dramatic but it was truly a a dark chapter i I totally get it i actually got a little bit of clarity uh about why i wasn't allowed to have a dog growing up um my dad apparently when he was nine he had a dog and one of his he has like six brothers and sisters and one of his brothers and sisters let the dog out and got hit by a car Oh, God. And the vet told his parents it would cost like $2,000 to save the dog. And uh-huh. his parents sat him down and told him, we can save your dog. And your brothers and sisters won't be able to eat for the next two or three months. Oh, my God. <laughs> like or, the trauma of losing the pet is not enough. <laughs> or we can put the dog down and we'll be able to have and we'll be able to eat. And they told him it was his decision to make. Jesus, that is so dark. Yeah, pretty quite quite fucked up. Uh, <laughs> and oh I was like, yeah. So that made it a little bit more clear as to yeah. to why I was not allowed having a dog growing up because that would be scarring 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it can't like it, I, I like I said. I mean, like we make this bargain when we bring these animals into our lives, and like the good outweighs the bad, but the bad is really intense and should never be underestimated. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm glad that I was able to offer you any amount of comfort. You were honestly, Rachel. Fuck. You were fantastic, and like you were, ah, especially Lord. as like there would be times where I would forget to send updates because I was just. Uh-huh. I, mean, I, I didn't do anything like i didn't read i didn't play video games like oh, i i just like Larry. it was just me and devin was kind of like talking and keeping each other yeah. distracted especially for that week where we couldn't go see him and we yeah. literally we had to wait for a 10 o'clock phone call and a five yeah. o'clock phone call oh no miserable <laughs> and we were told to not call in between and that just yeah. assume no news is good news and it was like honestly fuck every single person who has willingly chose mm-hmm. not to get the vaccine because it was your yep. fault my dog spent a week in the emergency room without his owners for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hope you never felt like guilt, like I was trying to guilt you or anything. That was just no, me like, never. Rachel, cause you'd always oh be gosh, like, I'm no. so sorry. And I was like, please do not apologize. This is me just being neurotic and needing to check. In. <laughs> yeah, no, it was no doubt that. No, I, I, I'm a, I apologize pretty much constantly anyway. So that was just, that's just, okay. <laughs> Is it your proximity to Canada, you think? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, pets oh, up. And pets on that same best. note, uh, Rachel and I both did not watch Gossip Girl and or Resident Evil. No, we failed. <laughs> promises made, promises broken. <laughs> so that will be next month uh, episode. For sure. Um, For sure. Basically, I mean, honestly, I feel like you... On one hand, Resident Alien would be the perfect thing to watch when you're feeling down. But at the same time, I also don't want you like associating it with that yeah and not only that so but it's for like, the best literally like what i watched like when i was trying to fall asleep it was literally fraser psych yeah. and yeah. uh anything gordon ramsay yeah it's got to be like straight up comfort for me yeah literally things mm-hmm. that just make me like forget about everything else and just make yep. me feel happy on the inside like i literally totally know what you mean like i literally didn't like i watched i went and watched my favorite episodes of psych like i, I hopped around just to get like the best feels in all right top three episodes of psych Okay. What are they? Dual Spires is up there. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't sure. one, two, three. This is just the top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Vampire episode. Great one. Yeah. Corey Feldman's in it. You can't beat it. Okay. It's that. Okay. Because there's also. Sorry. I was also blending it with the musical. Oh, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about Corey Feldman. The one where okay. We, that's uh, a great Lassiter's one. Future Wife. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then the other one I really like is the one that's like kind of like an ode to all the horror films, like The Shining. Not, not, mm-hmm. fr- not, not Tuesday the 17th. The one where Lassiter gets the. The new apartment. Oh yes, the haunted apartment. That's mm-hmm. a great one because you get a lot of Lassiter, Sean, and Gus together without anybody yeah. else. And I, yeah. I, I love the whole cast. But you get a lot of those three together, and I think mm-hmm. it is just yeah. So those would probably be my top three, but they could change in the day. But those were the three I turned to because it just made me smile. I also like the Bigfoot one too. The Bigfoot one is really great. I, I like both of the stupid John Cena one. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> I love John Cena. I, I stand Me by that. Too. I really do. <laughs> Me too. What are your top three? Uh, I was trying to think about it when you were talking about it. And I think the ones that I I always gravitate to some of I, – I think season two is maybe my favorite. Sure. So oh, I, I go back to season I really two love... all the time, especially the last episode with The Mummy. It's just so oh, good. So good. That's so up there. good. The one with the dinosaur is freaking great. <laughs> yes, yes. That one cracks me up. Um, I also really love the Clue episode. Yes. Did you watch that live when it when it came out? No, I don't think so. No. So you got the Maybe. vote on Twitter. 
about who the oh, killer would be. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's so rad. Yeah. No, I didn't I, that, get to do that, that. That season came out when I was in college, and I always told my friends I was studying, but I was actually in my dorm room watching that by myself. I didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no one talks. Psych is on. <laughs> yes. Um, I also really love the one where it's Gus and Lassiter, and they're tap dancing. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's so underrated. Great episode. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> like, I love all the high concept ones, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I just like the ones where you're getting Simple. Like, different combinations of characters yes i and, totally agree i honestly i i love that show up and down and i totally agree with you can't wait for the new movie i know you made my day when you told me about that a couple months ago i'm no lassie's back he's gonna do great he's doing great can't wait all right so enough nerdery should we get into this <laughs> yes let's head on into breaking cage news cage news so i only have one story i looked around a little bit and again i was kind of distracted the last couple weeks but i saw that there is a nick cage mask coming out this halloween like Uh, a high realistic one from mandy yes it's like the hot toys of masks Mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about no you don't know what hot toys are no they are the like hyper realistic like multiple thousand dollar action figures okay clearly you're not a big nerd (laughs) and i am but they're like amazing perfect replications of people oh characters um and that's what this thing is it's incredible it looks amazing it it reminds me of those like trump uh and like kim jong-un masks that people were wearing they look like very real you know uh-huh that's like the that's like when i saw it's what it reminded me of because those are the first ones i ever saw where they had people like making videos of those two like frolicking through the field together wearing those masks Mm-hmm. that's upsetting <laughs> 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 like i was gonna say i feel like i would be a sleep uh demon paralysis or deep paralysis demon in this mask i take it back there is <laughs> There is like a mega boss of that, and it is Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump realistic mask frolicking in the field. So yeah, if you want to, you can go get that mask uh, and let us know how it is. I I don't really care for masks, um, which is crazy because I have like three Michael Myers masks. And I was like, you're masks. like the biggest Michael Myers head on the planet. I, I guess I'm more man. But like, you when don't I go like out, masks. When I when I go out in costume for Halloween, I prefer to not have my mouth covered so I can drink gotcha that's that is true i mean i guess you could get like a slip like a straw in there right not in my myers mask or my ghost face mask oh like it has to come off oh in a myers mask sit tight in there oh i guess you know i've never actually worn one i saw i've never actually at the time it was like it was near halloween to be fair but i like turned a corner in my car and some guy stepped out in front of it Uh and he was wearing a michael myers mask I absolutely plan on going to work in costume. It was terrifying when you're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. He was a big, tall guy, and he just stood in the middle of the street. And I know he was, like, just cosplaying or whatever. But when you're yeah. not expecting a yeah, hulking Michael I Myers. Am, I am, me and Devin are on the lookout to try to finally find me a proper-fitting blue, like, mechanic suit. Because, like, I haven't oh, yet oh, to yeah. find one that works well. And I, I don't want, like, like a... I want like a legit mechanic suit, so I'm constantly right. on that to complete my 
you should look ensemble. You should look for like an actual vintage one. Yes. Yes. And Etsy. That's that's where you're going to Etsy and eBay. So my boyfriend has this weird <laughs> fascination with speed suits from the 70s. Okay. So I know all about where to buy these things. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll go check it out there he, for Halloween. He's giving, okay. me, giving me dirty looks right now because I'm <laughs> outing him for his speed suits. <laughs> he, he, he cosplays like in his mind as Dr. Venture. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so what's new with you? Or sorry, you already did that. What's your news story? You already did that. Uh, news story. Okay, is this my cage rage? No, this is if there's anything, any uh, Nick Cage news story you saw come out. No, I. the only thing I really saw was, obviously, this because this was this week it came out, was this, yep. this mask. And I've been like, I don't know that I want to own it, but I have... I'm appreciative of it. It's really creepy because it's not just that it looks just like him, but he's covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And it is so detailed. Um, but yeah, that's really kind of the only thing I saw. Obviously, Prisoner of Ghostland is coming out. Yeah, there were some trailers and a little bit of news about a trailer about the, the meta movie that's coming out. But I didn't think trailers really fit into the news story section. So we can just move yeah. on. Then. Yeah, I think we can move on. Yeah. So with that, it's time for the next segment of our lovely show, which is Cage Rage. Cage Rage. I don't know. I don't have a sound effect for that one. <laughs> Never just goes away. The goddamn contract is somewhere in the goddamn fucking files! Fuck! Fucking fuckers, fuck! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Horseshit. Hi, fucking yeah. <laughs> You fucks, I hate you, I hate you both. I should fucking both. Just right now, I should fucking kill you, fucking both! Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you pissed blood? Now, fuck you, fuck! So, uh, Rachel has her story. She has a second one, which will be our bonus content for the month. So if you want to hear that, you need to be a patron of the Zombie Girls. Uh, You can get full access to that. So we're not going to do anything. The only thing is, is that I think it is a subject where Rachel and I will probably be on opposite sides. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll see. (laughs) There's Uh, a wrinkle. (laughs) But uh, besides that, what is the cage rage story you'd like to share? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some bullshit. Okay. I hope Before you do, I clicked on your hot toys thing. I see you're talking about those are awesome. Yeah, get ready to seriously want to throw some money at something. The loose Scott the Luke Skywalker one from Mandalorian looks beautiful. Yeah, look at look at some of the Batman stuff. Oh no, I, I, I'm broke oh, now, yeah. Rachel. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, you gotta have like a future, like you That's know. That's true. That's true. We, right? we, we 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 set up the budget. We should have everything paid off, hopefully by the end of the year, God willing. So, just yeah, a thanks. readjustment. But yes, your story. Continue. <laughs> All right. So I think you will be able to agree with me. Okay. So for years and years, we have been playing online games, and you know what? Teams of four. Before you've made groups, you've you've developed friendships, you have a system, you have a crew, you have a posse, whatever you want to call it, but it's a group of four. Then along comes Aliens Fire Fire Team Elite. Three players! What's this shit? Now I get left out, 
Huck gets left out. People, someone is always odd man out. It turns a group of four solid swole bros into just three. And I think it's bullshit. How yeah, about you? And it's, so we've been playing that. Um, we're going to be reviewing that over on Here's Johnny uh, for our Alien season, actually. And I'm excited about it. And I'm enjoying it. It just doesn't make sense because there's four different subclasses of character. You can be like Dr or a gunner or demolitionist or whatever. So there's four mm-hmm. options, but if you only have three people on your team, um, it would very easily work to have a four-person fire team right. squad. I'm a little bit used to a team of three because in Destiny, when you do like dungeons mm. or if you do um, Trials of Osiris, which is like the super sweaty PvP mode, which I do not do because I don't find it fun, it's a team of three too. So, like, I'm a little bit used to it, but it just seems weird in particular for this game because it seems like a self-imposed restriction. And yeah, I don't understand why. Like, I thought maybe it was just, like, tight quarters and they could only squeeze yeah, but four people in there. But we've played it now and yeah, you could put a fourth body in there. It's definitely not that. We had an escort mission with the fourth person that didn't impact any Excellent of our play point. style. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's four different character subclasses. So yes. why not have four people be able to be in a team? It just makes... It doesn't make any sense, and I'm really enjoying the game, and it's not taking away from it, but I would like to have Shannon there with us. Agree! It's not the same without her. Yeah, it's just, it's very weird. Um, I, I would love to hear the reasoning why, too. Like, if there was only three, like, only three classes, like, because like, in Destiny, right, there's, there's three classes. There's Titan, Warlock, and Hunter. So, like... When they make you go as three, that number has meaning within it. This one, like I said, it just seems self-imposed for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And when you beat the game, a fifth class opens up. Oh, really? So... Did you beat it already? No, no, no. I just, you know. You I know. You a, just know. a citizen of the internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but because I was like researching which class because I was trying to get an idea of what we were going to do. Um, but yeah, so there should be. It's, it's insane to me that there is not four. Yeah, it makes, it makes me very no grumpy because I play games with like you guys, and I play games with another group of guys, and there there are four of us. Mm-hmm. So when they've been playing together longer, so I get kicked out. Oh no! <laughs> so that's really why I'm salty is because I'm experiencing FOMO. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> probably make sense Shannon either. doesn't even care. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense either. Like I guess the biggest thing for me is like I wish, I wish I knew why. Hmm. Like, why did they put that restriction on? Because so far, the game's been really good. I've really liked it. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's exactly the dumb fun that I wanted. So I'm I'm very satisfied. You have the worst luck, though. Like, if there is a bug in a game, you will experience it. I know. Like, I've had, I've had like, my character hop around the map. I yeah, have... I had one weird floaty moment, <laughs> but that has been literally it. And even when we played Back for Blood, every game, every single bug in the game was just attracted to you. Yeah, it was very, very, very strange, and I, I did not like it. But yeah, yep. oh well. All right, so my cage yeah, rage let's hear thing... Yeah, let's hear your legitimate cage rage. No, yours after... is legit, too. No, yours is totally legit, too, because it sucks because we don't have the full Swole Patrol, and we I would like to get us back together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this whole Afghanistan situation that we are currently dealing with happened... When Dante got sick. And mm-hmm. to be quite honest, maybe it makes me a bad person. I didn't have the time to really um, 
get upset about it because I was more concerned about my dog. Right. I mean, maybe that's me being selfish or not being worldly or whatever. The only thing I, I really had in my mind everybody was everybody need has like bandwidth, right? Like yeah. emotional bandwidth. And I think you were tapped out. I was. <laughs> I very yeah. I very much was. Uh, for much as I like to think I'm pretty good at like compartmentalizing, I was pretty locked mm-hmm. down. So Joe Biden uh, pulled us out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to it. Um, mm-hmm. If people have listened to, like me and Rachel, kind of get more political, usually that stuff gets left on the cutting room floor. Uh, <laughs> but one of the biggest reasons why I liked Tulsi Gabbard in the last election cycle was because she talked about an end to this interventionalism that the U.S. military gets into where we send troops over to die so fat cats can get rich off of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I firmly believe that our original reason to going into Afghanistan um, after 9-11 made sense. It should have been more of a desert storm approach where we went in, did what we needed to do, and got the hell out because... Unfortunately, Americans do not have the bandwidth for um, proper nation building. And not only that, there's a very good case to be made that we shouldn't even be doing it because who are we to decide how a nation should function? Mm-hmm. I was at West Point when Barack Obama came there and announced his troop surge um, to thunderous applause, mind you. Um, I have friends who died over there fighting this mm-hmm. conflict um so to see it come to this end really makes me sick uh not because i want to be there we shouldn't have been there it's the way we did it and it really i want to put the troop stuff to the side the thing that makes me the most sick and the most sad has to entirely do with this new generation of afghanistani people we, because of the, our military force being there and our diplomats being there and our NGOs and everything being there, we allowed young girls for the first time in Afghanistan to grow up with the ability to go to school, to have a job, to wear the clothes they wanted to go, to sit out in public with male counterparts and not be put under these restrictions that the Sharia law and the Taliban had enforced for years there. And... Joe Biden, for some reason, I, I do not understand, self-imposed this August 31st date. He could have moved it. And instead of keeping a strong military presence there to allow... Because if, if you decided you were going to do this, we should have gotten anyone who wanted out, out. I am not someone who's a build-the-wall kind of person, surprising. I firmly believe we are better when we have more people here with us. And these people bought into this kind of American ideal of being able to choose their own direction and do what they want to do. And we fucking left them there. And the American stuff, it does make me upset that we have at least 100 Americans still trapped over there who couldn't get to the airport because of how we did this. It just... It makes me sick to see the Taliban who helped house and coordinate and plan 9-11 wearing a military equipment, knowing we have billions of dollars worth of equipment we can't account for, that 
even if the Taliban can't use, they can sell and give to um, our enemies. It makes me sick. It, it honestly got makes me sick. And I do not regret for a second voting for Biden over Trump. But I do not understand why Biden didn't listen to his military advisors, because it truly seems like he decided to do this and told everybody to get in line. And the one thing I'll say about Trump is when Mad Dog was in there with him, he listened to Mad Dog, probably because he was afraid of him because Trump's a little bitch. But when Mad Dog said we aren't doing this, he didn't do it. And I understand, like, Trump laid the groundwork when they were making a fucking peace deal with the Taliban, which is insane. It's just, we abandoned a whole generation of people. Like, we were there for 20 years. There are people who never knew what it was like to live underneath Sharia law. And we abandoned them there. Right. We should never have been there in the first place. No. I guess my question is, like... Is there is there actually a withdrawal that would not have been messy? I think we had we're so in the quicksand at this point that this is undeniably messy, but it feels like the other option was the continuation of a forever war. So I think it would have been messy no matter what. I think the Taliban obviously was preparing for this moment for a long time. We before Biden started the troop drawdown and now we are out of there officially. We had a skeleton crew of 1,500 troops. We hadn't had a combat death in Afghanistan since February of 2020. We should have kept that skeleton crew there and literally ran planes out of there for anybody who wanted out. Like, they weren't letting people on the planes unless they were giving them $2,000. That was the State Department. They were checking COVID um, vaccination or COVID negative tests. Like, I'm just like, I take COVID very seriously, but come the fuck on. Like, you have... The Taliban literally going to people's homes and killing people who interpreted for us, beating women. Like I, I heard this terrible story about this woman who was being forced to feed Taliban fires. And she's like, I literally don't have any more food to give you. And they killed her. This yeah. was in the last week. Mm-hmm. It's heinous. And I mean, they're, they're bad, bad people. It's and to heinous. hear our government talk about appeasing them and working with them. And like maybe giving giving them money to help to ensure they facilitate what we want them to do. I I I don't know, Rachel. Like it it really 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 makes me question a lot of things. I'll be honest. I'm I normally am someone who also is very up on all the details of the news, but yeah. uh, I am. And that's totally fine. Like I said, I, it's been um, the last couple of days. It just. It, honest to God, makes me sick. It really, yeah. really, really upsets me. I guess I just am trying to, because I don't know all the details, so probably people are screaming at your podcast right now, and that's <laughs> totally fair. Yeah. But I, I'm just like, what is the greater evil? Like, the constant forever wars, or calling it, just being like, no, there, there's, this is an unwinnable situation. I just think we should I don't, have I don't know. Yeah, I don't I just, know. I just really think we, we should have gotten those people out and brought them here. I mean, listen, if that were, if that's an option, I vote that option. Why but not? I guess we, left I feel 80, like... we left $80 billion of equipment home. Sell the equipment yeah. to somebody else and use that money to bring them here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know all the extenuating circumstances. I feel like we have been nothing but lied to for 20 years. Oh, for so, sure. Like, oh, for so sure. I have, so I actually don't feel like I have any real concept of what the, what's happening on the ground. Yeah. Like, the only thing I believe is that I don't know shit. Yeah, and, the only no matter, thing, and, and anybody who tells you they do is full of shit. Yeah, and like I said, there I'm sure there's a bunch of permutations and everything going on, but like when you see the one CNN reporter on a Saturday 
like dressed like how she would dress if she was reporting over here and the next day because the taliban took over kabul she has to oh, be wearing yeah. a hijab i mean they're living a full handmaid's tale nightmare like when people would watch that show and be like oh it's too far-fetched i was like no it's no, not it ain't no it's not it happened in iran and now it's happening in afghanistan like uh, i mean i cover in my day job i cover everything like all lgbtq yeah. and so i've definitely been seeing the impact of that like basically they're just like hunting and killing yeah they're, they're gonna kill them the they're gonna kill all of them yeah. they're gonna kill yeah. every single one of them yeah it's I, I guess i don't know what to do like it makes me feel a little hopeless if there's oh, something and, and, and I that's can how i do... feel too because i think the moment that biden decided he was pulling out and started pulling people out and didn't like there should have been a there should like trump made it force her hand we're going to do this so this is how it's going to work we are going to give you until the end of this year. We are going to run planes from multiple airports with troops protecting the roads to get anybody who wants to get here out. Yeah. And just do that. We just, we, I thought we were told we spent all this fucking money. We had the best military in the world. Larry, we have not won a war. I, well, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Like, like, the, like what? Like Korea was the last time we won a it's war? It's just uh, Desert Storm. That's considered a, a W, I think. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a war, right? It's just a, <laughs> like a full, I guess, although do we consider the Afghan war? No, it was never declared by Congress. Well? Nope, it was never declared by Congress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, although I guess, like, do we consider Desert Storm a success? I have no idea, Rachel. It's just sad. I mean, it's just so, and, and, and that's Bush, the thing. Bush just, lost, you know what I mean? Like I said, I, I don't have a solution for it. I just, it, I, the biggest it's thing for me, because you, you, you ask, like, what's always going to happen, and... I, I kind of lean towards probably, but it could have been done better. I get make like the Americans like don't know that that's like I know a lot of people, a lot of Republicans are hooked up on that. But for me, it's just there's just kids who never knew it. There's little girls who got turned away from going to school. Yeah. Oh just, no, it's I'm sorry if I don't sound like it. It's heartbreaking. No, you it's, do. It's like, you do. I'm it's just... so it's so intense that like I I find myself like emotionally shutting down. Yeah. Because if it's... I engage, I'm going to like cry on the podcast. Yeah, and I, and I always watch the evening news, and they were, they were talking about how, like, we're officially out now. So, that's why. I mean, we're out now. I mean, I guess I'm, we've been watching everything that went down in Yemen. Nobody gave a shit. Yep. You know, like, all those children orphaned, killed, famine. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, what's happening around the world is just brutal. It's just brutal. But I do think there are some people who see this as an opportunity to score political points. Absolutely, um, and so I, and that's why I say I'm like becoming so cynical. And I, don't the Zodiac like Killer was me. talking about how you leave no American behind. Jesus, if if the if the Zodiac Killer is now the moral compass, we are fucked. N- not the real Zodiac <laughs> Killer, uh, Ted Cruz. Oh, I mean, isn't he the real Zodiac? Killer? <laughs> <laughs> I was under the impression that we and, and, and people were clapping back, posting the picture of him hopping on a flight to Cancun during the frost in Texas. Well, that's depressing. You want to talk about a fun 80s movie? <laughs> yeah. And feel free to cut any of that you want. No, that's all <laughs> staying in there. No. Uh, ho- hopefully everyone appreciates that. I mean, that's, that's... Let's put some timestamps in if people want to cut to the happy. Yeah, that, that is, that's what the cage rage is for, is to kind of get out all the negativity. And my God, is there a that's lot. That's true. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Wait, wait till we get to the extended. That's when I get feisty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that, are you ready to head back to the 1980s, Rachel? Oh, yes! Let's do it! Let's get into our review of Valley Girl. 
So Valley Girl yes. is a 1983 romantic teen <laughs> comedy from director Martha Coolidge and very, very loosely based on Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Uh, Coolidge is known for directing other films such as Real Genius, which I have seen, and Rambling mm-hmm. Rose, which I haven't. I have seen it. Is it good? It is good. Okay. Uh, I hear Rambling Rose and I think of uh, Neil Diamond. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. The film stars Nick Cage, obviously, as Randy. Hi. Hi, Randy. Uh, yes. He, he was very excited that his name was Randy. <laughs> and he had a gap in his teeth. And he was from Southern California. So he felt very seen while we were watching this movie. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Deborah Foreman plays Julie. And a bunch of other actors I had never seen or heard of before, except... Yes, the queen. E.G. Daly, who gets naked, which took me very off guard to seeing Tommy Pickles in such yes. a precarious state. We'll get to that in a second, though. Uh, yes. Foreman is considered something of a screen queen for her roles in April Fool's Day. Yep, Wax, that's what I knew her from. Waxwork. <laughs> uh-huh. Destroyer. Mm. And Sundown, The Vampire Retreat. I have not seen that one. The only one I've even heard of was April Fool's Day. Have you seen April Fool's Day? No. Oh, okay. We might have to like somehow figure that out for April Fool's Day next year. Okay, okay. it's a classic, and she she's great in it. Is she the lead? Like the, the, the legit screen queen? Um, we're gonna watch it. Okay, <laughs> All right. And then, even if you didn't recognize Bailey, you one hundred percent know her. Oh, yeah. She, she is the voice of Tommy Pickles, mm-hmm. Buttercup, Babe yep. the Pig, and yes. Bam Bam, to name a few. Mm-hmm. She is kind of uh, in the Rob Zombie crew because she was in Which Devil's Rejects in 31. Uh-huh. She was Pee-wee's wannabe girlfriend in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yep. Dottie. Dottie forever. That's <laughs> what I know her best as. And if you played Dune 2016, she was the voice of the UAC facility. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I love her. Like oh, in thir- she's in 31 and her character in 31 is amazing. I I contend still to this day 31 is Zombie's best movie. This is the first well. <laughs> I I this is the first thing that has been said about that movie that made me want to go there because I love her so much, but I mean I love well, I Lords of Salem is his best. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I think I'm not sure. Definitely didn't talk about this, but you knew Rachel that my friend uh, for my birthday this past year got me a uh, mm-hmm. a cameo with Richard Brake. Yes, and he is like it's him and Sherry Moon Zombie are the two driving characters behind Thirty One. Like they okay. are the okay. They, they are like the two characters who are like diametrically like pushing that story forward. And I love them both. Like, go listen to me and Rachel talk about Devil's Rejects and uh, yes. Free From Hell mm-hmm. to, to hear mm-hmm. more. Um, I just came across my little um, commemorative poster I got. When did I you? <laughs> yeah, I still have it. I was like, what is this rolled up thing? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, I, I, I love 31. And I think people should watch that. I, I do think that is Rob Zombie at his best. But... That's my, Interesting. my opinion. Interesting. I'll I am very excited. I will tell you I'm pumped for the monsters. I think he can do good things with that. 
yeah i it could be interesting it could certainly be interesting hopefully it's not halloween too but we'll find out it's going to be interesting because he then Tim Burton has a Adams family. I know out. it's like so oh my favorite battle. Things. I love thing. both of them so much, and I'm so excited. I don't know that there could be a more different set of directors tackling them at the same time. I know, time and too. I love both those directors so much, and it's just okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, universe. Sometimes we can have nice things. Sometimes the film was originally envisioned as a teen exploitation film. To mm-hmm. capture the growing Valley Girl fad that was spawned by the Frank Zappa song of the same name. Uh, funnily enough, Frank Zappa sued the production to say the film infringed upon his trademark of the word Valley Girl. Hmm. Too bad. Yep. Cajun Foreman found the breakup scene, which I'm sure we'll discuss, very difficult to shoot. Because it was took place towards the end of production, and by that point, they were dating. That so much why do i love that so much i don't know there's something I like, about oh. that on-screen off-screen romance that i always as much as i am like dead inside that does always melt my heart a little bit. i agree i agree shot a budget of three hundred and fifty thousand. it grossed over 17 million at the box office nice it has one hell of a soundtrack as we talked about with songs oh, from men God. at work modern english culture club felony and many more and mm-hmm. as someone who is a ginormous fan of the 80s the only thing missing was billy idol but i'll let it go okay (laughs) (laughs) there's a remake of valley girl oh god it released last year even though it was filmed years ago like in like 2017 2018 uh marred with controversy and issues mainly covid and release and everything and also logan paul is in it and he was having many issues so they delayed the release Mm-hmm. And from what I have seen, it wasn't very uh, well received, but it looked like E.G. Daly reprised her role. I think Deborah Foreman and uh, the one of the other girls also showed up. Oh, that. well, there you go. I, I only noticed that E.G. Daly was the only other person I'd noticed, and I was very briefly looking into it because as soon as I saw Logan yeah. Paul was in it, I was like, You're like, bye bye. <laughs> don't have the bandwidth for this tonight. <laughs> You're like, I'm already thinking about Afghanistan. I don't need Logan Yeah, I don't, Paul, I don't need to about the Paul brothers. <laughs> the fact they came from Ohio is enough for me. Oh, you're welcome. So, the way we do this, no scores, nothing like that. Let's talk about plot. Pros and cons. Rachel, you go first. The floor is yours. Okay. So, I don't know that I really knew what I was expecting here. I, I, think I, I was certainly expect- did not. <laughs> Right, I think I was expecting a little something a little bit sillier because of the gimmick and of the whole Valley Girl thing, and so I was surprised when this was quite a bit more sincere and more respectful of its characters than I thought going in, or was typical of many teen dramas. Maybe you'll disagree. Nope, um, I but- went into this thinking it was going to be a. 10-year predecessor to films like She's All That mm-hmm. and movies Can't of Buy that Me Love. Vein. Yeah. No, but it was actually much sweeter than that. Like, it reminded me much more of Say Anything. Did yes. you see that? Yes, Like, of it's course. of that vein where it's much more sincere, but in my opinion, this is quite a bit funnier. A little raunchier as well. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if you saw this in your research about why there are boobs in this. No, but if I were to guess, it's probably because the studio made them put them in. Correct. So I did a little research, too. And apparently 
when they gave her the the Martha Coolidge, Martha Coolidge, Mm -hmm. my mouth is not working today. Martha Coolidge, the film, they said you can have it, but it has to have nudity in it because it was meant to be more in the Porky's vein. Yep. Because they were going to be able to get teenage boys in with a promise of sort of like an exploitative teen comedy, right? Yep. And they said, you need four scenes of nudity. And she said, okay. The problem was they didn't ask her or they didn't specify how long those nude scenes had to be, which is why there's only a few seconds of boobs on screen. And they are presented in a way that is very matter of fact and in like a non-titillating kind of way. If you ever get to uh, Slumber Party Massacre on... um... We have covered it, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so you know this very similar thing happened to that female director as well. Interesting. I did not know that. The directors, the the, the production company said you can have it, but there has to be nudity. I mean, it's the 80s. All these movies had nudity in them. That's how I was able to guess it, because that just makes sense. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Although I was not expecting to see E.G.J. Daly. Nope, I was taken aback. I was like, Tommy Pickles, no. Right? I mean, they're lovely boobs and good for you, girl. Like, (laughs) get them out when you're young. But... Uh, but yeah, I was still kind of surprised to see Dottie's boobs. Was not prepared. And, for that. and you were right. It it did not feel like a Porky's or like an American Pie. It felt right. more like artistic is the wrong word, but closer to that than exploitive. I mean, there is some degree of art to this. I mean, I, it's definitely not an art house film by any stretch. But yeah, Martha Cool. Coolidge's background was in documentary filmmaking, which we'll get into, I think, more in the directing. But I think that there is some desire to be more realistic in in some of the portrayals of the characters that Ooh. make this skew that way. Okay. Um, I do think that it's also, in terms of plot, a really clever entry into exploring ideas of nonconformity by placing it in this subculture that is all about conformity yeah and about how the happy ending to this movie is in part because she gets her sort of like brooding heartthrobby nick cage romance in the end but also because there is this sort of key thesis about her parents being the way they are because they want her to become her own person and be able to make mistakes so that she can become her own person and in the end she chooses that over the easy conformity of tommy yeah, so that's probably my biggest con of the plot is the interesting is the way she like flip flop back to Tommy. Yeah, like again, I was never a girl, so it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of put this in perspective. But like, I definitely dated girls who my friends didn't like, and they were vocal about it, but it, they never impacted that relationship. Right, even when like when she was like toxic like i have <laughs> had my fair share especially during my drinking days um but like i, I didn't understand how, like how fast like on a dime she changed on it and mm-hmm. like even though like she definitely didn't like him and she did like the other guy and after the conversation with her dad i was very surprised to see that she took that route with it yeah i don't I know mean, i don't think it was about the guy at all i think it was about the pressure from her friends and i think it was about the desire to stay in good graces with her friends like her entire life had and been she's about a junior fitting into high school mold. is that correct because it was junior no, no, she's a junior in high school okay so she still had another year of school left okay i can yeah so can she's like that. she's like 16 17 in this movie 
Um, okay. So still pretty young. Yeah. I mean, even though, obviously, <laughs> not in real life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think the character is supposed to be like 16 or 17. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, is it perfectly executed? No, not at all. But I think the resolution to me was surprising in that way that it was obviously about the romance but it was there was more there was more there there than yeah, i had and, ever expected going into Valley and the Girl. ending felt more like the what's the movie mrs robinson it's, is the song yeah it's like the happy version of the graduate thank you yes that's yeah. how the ending mm-hmm. felt instead of them sitting in the back of the car like questioning what they've done they definitely this one they felt like this was the right move for both of us yeah and yep. the, i know i agree and it was cool to see parents who like weren't caricatures. I mean, they certainly brought some comic relief yeah. and the dad was like alternately super creepy. Oh my God. Yeah. But, but at the same time, the total sex positive vibe that they had yeah. was very ahead of its time. Cause all I can think of is not another teen movie where Randy Quaid plays the girl's dad. Oh God. You know what I'm talking about in that movie? No, I, I've not seen it, but you I You haven't seen I, another teen movie? No. Oh, Rachel, you got to. Oh, Rachel. Did I do? Okay. Well, okay. I, I, I think you. so. I mean, I, I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of those 90s movies, but I, I would say so. Mm-hmm. You get to see Chris Evans in Whipped Cream Bikini. Oh, maybe I have seen that then. But, I definitely have seen Varsity Blues, and I'm pretty oh, sure I've God, seen the gender Blues. flip. For, I know, me too. I love. So I don't like sports that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I like playing them. I don't like watching them. I don't have teams that I follow. Um, but I love a sports movie. Oh, me too. RC Blues, Any Given Rudy. Sunday, Rudy. Uh, I watched every single episode of Friday Night Blues. Friday Night Lights? Not Friday, Friday Night Lights. Yes, yeah, not Friday Night Blues. I don't know what the hell that is. Friday Night Lights. Rachel, what, what did I tell you that RC Blues was literally my hometown growing up? It is not Horrifying. an exaggeration. Horrifying. <laughs> I only like getting fiction. <laughs> literally literally that movie is so close to home it's sick it is oh, shocking but no like i said like i i went into this thinking it was going to be a pg-13 80s version of she's all that i really did yeah. like, that was what i was ready yeah. to to get into right or like 10 things i hate about you or something like that and it wasn't it it still had those like teen rom-com vibes yeah but it was a lot more like progressive in a way yeah. And like you said, I think you nailed it right on the head, is that the writing and the directing, which we'll talk about later, and the actors took their characters seriously. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was able to watch this movie not... Like, I was prepared, again, we, we, we kind of skipped over Pig, not only because of the animal violence and stuff, which, if you listen to getting, you know why I was just yeah. not it was just, down for that <laughs> sickness. Was, this is the right call. This is the right call. <laughs> it was There was a little more there there, and I was very yeah. appreciative for that. They had internal lives. They they were not just stereotypes. Even the friends. Yeah, I was had some internal life. Yeah, and they they even had a little bit of like side plots, things going on. Some of them went mm-hmm. nowhere, which is like well, we're getting we get into the cons. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but like there was more to this world they were building, and yeah. I appreciated that from a rom com, especially because like I think I've talked about if not on here on other podcasts like. Like how to lose a guy in ten days. I like um, the one with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, of the proposal. 
Like, I enjoy a silly rom-com with, mm-hmm. like, not a lot of there there. So it was very nice to watch one that took itself a little bit more seriously and had a little more depth. Had a little more respect for its characters. I think a lot of times the female characters in particular were played for laughs in these yes. movies of this era. Like, I grew up with all those John Hughes movies. I have a problematic affection for them. Sure. But they are really not great in the way that they treat their female characters. And this one kind of is. Just watch kind Plane, of. Trains, and Automobiles. It's just two guys. Yeah, or Uncle Buck. Or Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. Yeah, you can just watch yeah, yeah. those ones and Plane, Trains, and Automobiles make me cry every single time. Aww. Every single time. I like me. When he, <laughs> when he realizes that his, uh, that John Candy, his wife was dead and didn't he didn't have a yeah. family. God damn, that hurts. It hurts to sit here talking about it. Okay, let's talk about. I miss John Candy. I me uh, too. Oh me man, me too. Me too. Okay, so cons. You are a real one, John Candy. Yeah. Okay, okay. So my biggest complaint, I have two. Okay, one is the weird milf plotline. I feel like that is where you feel the most Porkies. of the exploitation roots. Yep, like it is a remnant of that original sort of core idea that feels so superfluous yep and i hate it It doesn't add anything if anything it's just like i was like okay are we gonna get into some sort of plot line about you know this is the where we end if you stay on this course of conformity in the valley is this is where you end up as like a unsatisfied middle-aged woman this is not a great plot either but i'm like is that where this is going is there a purpose to this and then ultimately it was just to have a sex scene um yep. which was a weird that was choice. weird and then like it was dropped it was never discussed again the yeah, sex scene was, happened it, and it was dropped did not did, so that to me is probably the biggest like what the hell the other thing is is this has some pretty pretty problematic lessons about uh, wooing a girl who has said i don't want to date you anymore that was uh something that Devin pointed out because like when uh, nick cage yeah. stayed in the bathroom like, oh, that's cute. She's like, that's fucking creepy. That's it's like... super creepy. And she's like, super that that creepy. is that that is why boys get a bad lesson growing up because you're taught to think that those kind of actions and those kind of um, responses that he gets for doing that is all positive. So when right. you do those kind of actions and you don't get those kind of responses, it's because like like this is you why. just got to push harder. You just got to push yep. harder. If she says no, you just sleep on her lawn. If she says no, you show up out on all of her dates. If she says no, you jump in cars that she's in. Like, this movie reinforces some really... I mean, like, it helps that it's Nick Cage and she really likes him. But the overall message is if a girl says no and you keep pushing, the truth is she really wants to say yes. Yes. And in this case, because we know her point of view... Yes. We know that she does like she does want to say yes. Like yeah. it is a society friends that's keeping her the from The problem doing is, that. is he doesn't know that. Exactly. He is he at no point in the movie was like he, well he assumes that. Right. But then that that still. Yes. He doesn't yes. know it. He, he assumes he, it. I, I am not and so does every it... creep on the bus that keeps yes. asking me for my phone number after I say <laughs> no. He assumes that he just has to ask a different way. You're right. Like, exactly. And I assume I'm trying not to get murdered, so I'm smiling politely and dying inside. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as Devin pointed it out, it did start making me feel more and more gross. Like yeah. watching it. Mm-hmm. And it and again, I think I am not one who prescribes the ills of society on media like 
I don't think video, violent video games causes people to be violent. I don't think violent music does does it either. I don't want to blame media for this, but this is definitely not a very good message to be sending. Uh, yeah, to boys think like showing like. Like, if you really show her you like her, you go above and beyond, and you sleep in her front yard, and you hide in the bathroom and crawl through the window to talk to her again, mm-hmm. and you sneak around, even though it's funny that you're, like, hiding as, like, the the food clerk or whatever, like, even though it's funny and cute, like, it's not a good message, and it certainly doesn't fly in 2021. I mean, it's one of those things, like, is media respons- solely responsible? No. But I do think it reflects culture, and I think it reinforces culture. Like, yes. how different different is this than, say, the guy that, from Repulsion that shows up and forces the girl to have lunch with him and then shows up and bangs down his door to get in? It's the same kind of thing, and it is endemic <laughs> to these romantic films. Yeah, and that's, and that's, like, my biggest con. That's why I was, like, really mm-hmm. happy in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like, even though it, it had its own cringy moments at times, it never did this kind of thing. Probably because it's the whole idea. Like, we know what's going on in the background or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I honestly think it's the reason why rom-coms aren't as popular anymore. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I mean, they'll have their moment, right? But... Yeah. They have to evolve. They need to evolve. I don't feel like the same kind of... It's, it's harder for you to compartmentalize mm-hmm. in 2021. Yeah, because yeah, because as soon as Evans like do like think about it from like like an outside perspective, and now what the movie is trying to make you feel like it's creepy. He hit he hit in the bathroom. A dude in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy as hell. That being said, excellent cage work in that bathroom. Yes, yes, excellent cage work. Yes. (laughs) All right, and on that note, let's go to pros and cons of acting. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do a con real quick. Yeah, do it. And it's not so much acting, it's more casting. Okay. Some of the moms look younger than their daughters. Yeah, like, I mean, for instance, Julie's mom, right? Yes. Yeah, she looks like, like, I could buy stepmom, maybe. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering, but it didn't seem like that. And and that threw me off because, like, it was, like, I didn't realized that the one woman was a mom until the guy brought over the groceries like i just thought it was like a friend and i'm not like trying to be ageist or anything but you definitely need to cast that shit a little better i think yeah i mean you can't cast the the maid from the clue as the mom it's just not <laughs> happening just not it's the calling camp is not the mom in this scenario i mean i enjoyed her performance a lot she was wacky and silly and clearly having a good time but ultimately kind of a great character um but age-wise nay yeah i get the other mom a little bit because there is she's a stepmom and there's meant to be sexual competition yes which again cut that storyline entirely and i'm delighted but that casting is not as egregious but yeah julie's mom is <laughs> yeah, and, and and so that's kind of like why I went to Conway because besides that, I thought the acting was good. I thought everyone yeah. acted to what their character was supposed to be, pretty much mm-hmm. well across the board. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Nick Cage is full Nick Cage yet, but no, there are moments it's, but it's where we there. see it. 
Yes, it's just a little rough. Like he's still finding his, you know, energy a little bit. Yes. Yes. But like, but that being said, sort of that magnetism and the charisma he was cute, already man. very present. He was oh, cute. Yeah. Total heartthrob. Dream Eve. He had that like heart of hair on his chest. I was like, oh. So apparently he, they made him shave because he was too hairy to be <laughs> his age. Even though, like, so so he chose to do that in that weird V. I like that the was v. a Nick Cage. I, 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 I mean, I, I it's like a choice. <laughs> <laughs> are you are, are you getting some ideas? <laughs> no, I, I I have I have always been a, a chest shave kind of guy. Uh huh. Well, ever since maybe West it's Point, time always, yeah. to say the. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, boo? <laughs> uh, yeah, his brood level in this is at, set to a million. Mm-hmm. But for this role, that's kind of perfect. Like, you do just kind of want to see him, you know, simmer a little bit. Yeah, and then kind of the only, besides like the casting, what was what was your thoughts on Julie? She was the least believable as a valley girl for me. Yes. Of all the girls, I don't like her line delivery. I confused me a little bit. Like, I think when she was not speaking and they were just kind of like vibing, that all felt very real to me. Like okay. I, that, that they dated off camera makes perfect sense because the chemistry is a poppin yes but her line delivery the way that she inflected some of the the totally like stuff she it felt like she was starting to say something and then you'd realize that it was meant to be stylized dialogue Mm -hmm. um and so i don't think she does a bad job but i definitely there were moments where i really like i said i struggled with her line delivery yeah, and like not only that, and I'm not sure if it's because I, I thought her character was so fickle and just like, I want to take a walk on the wild side. You know what I mean? Like, I'm breaking up with uh-huh. my popular boyfriend and I'm going to go see what else is out there. And I'm not sure if it was like that annoyed me off rip, so I didn't really care for her character. Well, he didn't call her for two days. He was like not a good boyfriend and she was like, forget you, dude. I don't need to be with you. I'm going to go. There's a lot of other boys out there. I kind of was like down with julie's dumping time because <laughs> she was brutal about it too she was like here's your bracelet i'm not lo- i'm like not in love with you anymore deuce yeah it's, but then uh, like that that initial like impression i got from her was only compromise like, only like got worse when like that's fair like, like my friends aren't gonna be my friends anymore if i keep liking this guy oh, who man. i actually like so i'm gonna go back to this guy who was really really mean to me i don't i, I will I, say i didn't like I, the power of my girlfriends like i definitely cared more about how my girlfriends felt than I did my guy friends in high school. Well, not guy friends, but like guys that I dated. Because like, yeah, it was definitely a much more intense relationship. I don't know, but I also didn't like fall in love or anything in high school. Yeah, but I can just say for myself, like for me, is like I would like I would fall like deeply, madly in love for like two months. Mm-hmm. We'd break up, and then my friends like, okay, you're back. Let's play Halo. Oh, you were that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I would just, I would I would think it's like the like not so help my friends and stuff, but like it, like. It would all be about her, and it'd be everything for that first month. Then we start fighting, and then it's like, oh, it's over. My friend's like, all right, oh. well, here we are. Like before yeah. Devin, my longest relationship ever was like four months. Wow. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think my friends always were more important to me than the people that I was dating until yep. a lot of times they would become my friends. <laughs> <laughs> like my one of my very best friends was my high school boyfriend to this day. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, but I think that's that's fair. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for yeah, you. Yeah, and that's um, that's kind of the thing too. Is like I'm not sure it's because like her acting wasn't that good or because like I just did not like her character throughout the entirety of the movie. Fair. So that's why I thought I'm I'm definitely caveating it because I'm not sure what it is. So I thought E.G. Daly was actually pretty great. Oh my god, yeah, I wanted more of her. I felt like we did not get enough of her. Especially, she like, was... since like, the hookup scene in the beginning and, like, the subtleties yes. with, with how she interacted yes. around everybody. I yes. was very impressed. If I yes. were to pick the best actor or best Agreed. performance in the movie, I think it was definitely her. Yep. She was the one who, to me, had, like, as much as Nick Cage was that sort of broody, kind of, you know, sort of over-the-top emotional kind of guy, I actually felt like she had the most pathos. Yeah. That scene in the bedroom when, when he, like, flips the script on her, mm-hmm. and then she struggles with it through the whole movie. It was interesting to me that we never I know. ended up go anywhere with that. But I honestly don't think that that's unrealistic. Yeah. And, you know? And, like, so... and you could see every time he came up, you would see it on her face. She would make meaningful eye contact with him. Yep. All that stuff felt really authentic and lived in. Like, it didn't get brushed under, but it also didn't become, like, a, you know, fourth act impetus for her to break up with Tommy and go back to Nick Cage, which is what I thought was going to happen. And I was glad that that was not the case. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to bounce off of that if you're done with acting and head yeah, on into directing. Because that's my biggest con with directing. Is that interesting? There were so many of these side stories that I found interesting because they were built up mm-hmm. that ended up going nowhere. Yeah, that's true. And then, then we had this main story between Randy, Julie, and Tommy mm-hmm. that kind of felt empty at times in comparison to the world around them. Okay, I could see that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, she literally, like, had a conversation with her dad, had a conversation with her friends, decided that she was going to go back with Tommy, and then Nick Cage shows up and is like, hey, like, what's up? And she's, like, really shitty doing, like, we're done. And it's like, like, that's the breakup scene? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, like, like that's, like, the driving part of the story. Like, I, I just... feel like the breakup scene happened in the restaurant, though. Like, he wasn't present for it, but all of her emotional struggle happened when like she was getting all that pressure from a girlfriend in the in the restaurant and i definitely understand that but like nick cage and her are on the cover of the, of the movie like i mean she's actually not on the cover <laughs> it's not her look at it it's not her is it not her <laughs> it's not her sorry for the typing i will edit out as much as i possibly no can oh that's the twist that's the remake is that who is that Not her. For some unspecified reason. Is that Michelle Pfeiffer? I don't know. I don't know who it is. It might have been financial reasons. There was a lot of financial trouble. Like, um, the credits are wrong. Um, She's not on the cover. Wow. Interesting. I guess I didn't. I I could tell it was Cage, but I didn't look close Well, I mean, of course you're looking at Cage. You don't even look at the girl, but... Not her. <laughs> Weird. I should have never doubted you. I... No, I'm glad you looked. It was fun to watch, listen to you discover it. How, how interesting. Well, okay then. Uh, but no, like that, that's kind of my. <laughs> your point. It does. It doesn't change your point though. Your point is correct. 
Yep. I just thought it was an opportunity to show you that poster. <laughs> so, about you, do you have any cons? Because then we can talk about pros um, afterwards. I have a. I don't really have. I mean, I think all of your comments are totally valid. Uh, I don't think it's like the most amazingly directed movie no. in the um, in the more base, like the more uh, standard scenes, like the party scene. Um, the the dialogue scenes are not where I think her strengths are really evident. No. It's more so in the scenes where they're going to Hollywood and it changes into an almost like documentary gonzo style. It made me think a little bit of like, and obviously this is, it's not on the same caliber, but it made me think about the way that it looks at the city and the, you know, the other side of the tracks reminded me a bit of Taxi Driver. No, I guess fair. And, um, and and I thought it embodied that spirit of like that of teenage rebellion and like that new freedom of being able to get in a car and go places and maybe go some places you're not supposed to go and kind of just caught get caught up in sort of the lights and excitement of a new adventure. I felt like it embodied that spirit for me. I loved sort of the improvisational stuff with like people on the street and who were like clearly just people they drove by and like put a camera on who reacted to the camera. Yep. Um, I liked all of that parts of the direction. And again, I feel like that comes from her documentary. Roots. Yeah. There were times where I definitely did not like how she was filming stuff. Like a lot of those party scenes of people dancing. I was like, okay, this is. Oh my God. Long. I mean, although it's great comparison point to the, like the white boy shuffle that was happening in that party. Yeah. Versus when you get out into the like street until there's like multicultural environment and everybody is so much cooler in the club, which that club turned in, eventually became the Viper Room in real life. Oh, really? Um, I've heard of the Viper the Room. Club. Yeah. I mean, well, River Phoenix died there, RIP. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I think that is where you could see kind of her style as opposed to much more sort of traditional blocking and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I also liked the, their like dating montage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was because of mm-hmm. the music or because of her directing. But, I mean, the music is pretty great. But I, I, I really did enjoy that. And The only thing is, I can't tell if Nick Cage is a good kisser or not. I'm unconvinced. It didn't look super great. But sometimes good kiss, <laughs> kisses feel good that don't look good. So yeah, that's true. they didn't look great. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> and then also the fight scenes look so dumb, too. Especially the end oh, fight God. scene. I was like, oh, Lord. The Karate Kid knockoff yes. fight scene. What was that? I was like, is he doing a crane? What is happening? But with all that said, like, I, I am going to give her some credit because, like, it felt like a more mature rom-com. Teen rom-com. Yeah. And I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate Definitely. that there was more to chew on than just the simple Taming of the Shrew or Romeo Juliet or whatever Shakespeare knockoff they wanted to do. With, like, mm-hmm. very pretty people and very vapid characters. I appreciate that there right. was a little bit more going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, we might not have Cage as we do now, were it not for Martha Coolidge. Very true. She cast him. She originally offered the role to Judd Nelson. Ooh, who, oh, I love you some Judd Nelson. Yes, who turned it down. And Nick Cage's headshot was in a pile of discarded headshots. And she saw it. You and found like, better inter- stuff than me. We need to talk about where you do your research so I can do a little bit better. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but she saw it and she said, oh, no, I want someone who is unconventionally handsome. And so she brought him in and was just like blown away. Yeah. And uh, he immediately started going fully method. He lived in his car during the whole 20 day shoot of Amazing. this movie. 
God bless Nick Cage. He wrote a poem to Deborah Foreman in the character of Randy that she has to this day that she says is very sweet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's some good uh good little tidbits behind the scenes stuff about this movie. Uh but yeah, he would we are the cage as we know him today may not have been a thing had Martha Coolidge not pulled his headshot out of a stack of discarded ones. This was his breakthrough role. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, we need to talk about it because I definitely did not see any of that. You you have this outshone <laughs> my my background. So You did great. What are you talking about? You did awesome. There's stuff in there I didn't know. So our favorite cage line. All right. Rachel, you get to go first this time. All right. So mine Nobody is gonna tell me who I can score with. I want this chick, she wants me, so fuck it, we're going back. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I, I, I actually had that one for a brief moment in time. It's a solid one. It's a very solid one. I actually, myself, went with one in the breakup scene. Oh, a great scene. It was, uh... Okay. I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what this is. It's your fucking friends, right? Shit, Julie, I mean, what is this? It's between you and me, not between the rest of the fucking world, so fuck off. Friends. Fuck you. Now fuck off for sure. Like, totally. <laughs> I couldn't use my the thing that made me laugh because it was a dialogue scene, which is when he is outside the movie theater. Oh, and sure. And the guy's like, ask him. Are you, is this 3D? And he said, no, but your face is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was too. I know. I was, that was. I loved it, Cage. He's such a freaking weird I do. Oh, my gosh. It was fun. Okay. And the final section of our review. Yes. To what fate. Well, wow. Blah, 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 blah. I'm having a hard time tonight. I blame accounting. To what Cage fan do we recommend this movie? You go first. Yes. So for me, Rachel, I would reckon, recommend this film to the Nick Cage lover. That's L-O-V-A-H. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I do not think this is necessarily like you have to watch it. It's definitely more recommended than like Best of Times. So it's not quite like a purist kind of thing. But yeah. if you have a crush on Nick Cage, he's looking real good in this. And he's kind of a heartthrob, especially if you mm-hmm. like creepy dudes who hide it's in bathrooms. Cage. Mm-hmm. So I went with the Nick Cage lover. Okay. How about yourself? And you can take a second to think if you. Oh no no no! I I, I think I'm I think I'm okay. Um, I'm relieved because <laughs> I was like I'm tired. My brain's not working. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is peak sexy Nick Cage. Although I guess we'll find out, right? That's part of this journey. Uh, and I think, I think, if you like Nick Cage, and you're, this is for everyone. Everyone. Even the husks is who I recommend it to. And this is surprising. And that's because this is a surprisingly sweet little love story that despite the gimmick of the whole Valley Girl thing is largely schmaltz free, which is essential for dead inside folks like me. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack is stellar. I thought it was genuinely funny in parts. And, uh, you know... Something about their little love story that even a dried up old husk like me, <laughs> who typically does not care for romance and movies, found something to enjoy here. So everyone, including the husks, that's it. Okay. 
are we in agreement that Valley Girl is going to come ahead of Best of Times? Oh yeah, it's it's in the number one slot. Yeah, I don't I don't even think it's very comparable. <laughs> I mean, it does not have a nine to five cover, and but we do get shirtless cage in it, so we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, we have. Oh no, no, never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Sure. You'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Get to what? Uh, I have a recorded question from the audience. Oh, is it about the movie or is it about? It is. It's about the movie. Okay. So, so then let's go ahead and play. We have a question that Rachel has for us. Okay. And then after that, we'll uh, head into the closing. So I'm just going to try holding this up to the mic. I think it'll work and then I can send you the actual MP3. Perfect. Put it in. Hey, Larry and Rachel, it's Matilda. I had a question for you about Valley Girl, which I'm very excited that the two of you were talking about this week because this is how I met Mr. Cage as a child. Uh, and his chest hair emerging from the ocean. (laughs) So my question concerns the similarities between the bathroom scene in Valley Girl and the bathroom scene in Mandy um, and his kind of opus of nonverbal acting in both. So um, here's my question. Is 1981-82 Nick Cage actually a time traveler from the future who's saying to us look just hang on with me for a while um, and you're going to get this out of me in my best performance ever if you just hang on for the next mm, 40 years (laughs) or is the director of Mandy a Valley Girl super fan whose direction to Mr. Cage was bathroom scene from Valley Girl but turn it up to 105. <laughs> I welcome your thoughts. <laughs> First of all, my thoughts are I love Matilda so Yes, same. Much. Seconded. Seconded. Oh, thank you. That was wonderful. Uh, so my first thought mm-hmm. is I don't think Mandy is even in his top three roles. Whoa! Okay, oh, okay. I know it's going to be a while before we Whoa. get there, but I can sit here right now and pick three movies I'd put over me. But that you like better or that his performance is better? Because I think those are different questions. Because I pro- I have three that I like more than Mandy. Uh, at least one. Okay, that's fair. There, I, I, I think there's at least one. And we've talked about it a lot. I'm not going to talk about it now. Uh... I, Matilda, if I'm being honest, I want to live in the world where the director of Mandy is this closeted super fan of rom, teen rom-coms and had just been waiting <laughs> for the moment to bring Nick Cage into the into the room and say, you remember hiding in a bathroom in Valley Girl and not talking, but just using your face to like get us to buy into what your character Randy was going through? I need mm-hmm. you to do that, but first take this Coke. And let's just go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I too want to live in that world, but I think we're talking about Nick Cage here, so the man is clearly a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like him and Paul Rudd, <laughs> right? Right. Except for like Paul Rudd has the Benjamin Button; he's just like getting younger and younger. Yes, I saw and, a picture and... of Paul Rudd, and he's fifty-one, and he looks like he's like twenty-five. It's infuriating, and I would like his skincare routine <laughs> immediately. Like, he looks but, younger now than he did in Halloween 6. Yeah, it's wild. I told you, Benjamin Buttonitis. <laughs> he's got it. He's, he's got just, like, like a light case of it. So, mm-hmm. like, he's not going full bebe, but his skin is, like, going full bebe skin. Mm-hmm. It's irritating. So, 
but yeah, I think obviously he's a time traveler. We've all seen the photos of him from like the old West. Yes. You've seen these, right? Yep. Right. Okay. So I think people are like, oh, he's a vampire. That's ridiculous. Vampires are not real. So he is clearly a time traveler. We have the empirical evidence and uh, we now have the anecdotal evidence of seeing these two performances. Yeah. All that's right. That's my answer. All right, Matilda. Well, you, we are now on opposite sides. Uh, you you can pick this <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> you can you can pick the world you want to live in. Uh, but thank you. That was really really nice to get a little message. I really appreciate that. For those of you out there, we happily accept audio. Oh yeah, we'll take anything. So, we this is a this is a user friendly podcast. Like in many areas of life, you should aspire to be more like Matilda, mm-hmm. and uh, you should send us some audio. Oh, and on that note. Uh, sorry about the last episode with the mixing. I am very green. Justin usually does that. I'm going to put a little bit more of a quality control measures to make sure that, that my mixing is better for the next one. So keep an eye it's out on the improvement. Great. Yeah. I mean, I've been podcasting for a billion two years <laughs> and I'm still like working on me. I've just know, gotten so spoiled with Justin because Justin is so right. good at it and he like enjoys I it. I, so I offered to do it for him and he's like, oh no, I got it. It'll take me like 10 minutes. And I was like, you did like multiple mixes of like different songs. It took you 10 minutes. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. He should be an audio engineer. Like that is his secret calling. And the thing is, we he never did it before we started recording. He, Justin is so talented. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I anytime we have like an he makes everything an event which mm-hmm. is always, I and I always it. forget and so it always catches me by surprise and it's never just like oh we're gonna do this thing like there has been a ton of prep work like he's laid down tracks <laughs> I'm very excited for when we review Aliens because I know like obviously we are both aware of how much you love that movie it's my favorite so I'm very excited to see what he does for you so it's gonna probably surprise you when you watch it because you know what an art house horror nerd i am uh-huh. but it is it's like you know how you have a formative thing you watch when you're young yes like it's that for me like I, the place in my heart is like the place where i keep things like predator or for like in your case predator which is also one of my favorites oh yeah uh, but maybe if i saw it now i wouldn't feel as strongly about it. I, I think i would though <laughs> but you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it is it is of just prepare yourself for that and be like really rachel <laughs> okay okay uh, that's all I have on Valley Girl. Do you have anything else? No, that's it for Valley Girl. All right. I'm glad I watched it. My overall thought was... Honestly, me too. Like, I am excited that to see That was a ton of fun. And we're going to talk about it here in a, in a second. Mm-hmm. If, if that is what's on the horizon. But I just want to say thank you to you for... I'm not sure if you watched it or not, regardless, but... No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I just appreciate it I'm because I just... <laughs> I had an idea from the trailer what was going to happen and with Dante... Yeah, on the there I don't. For I don't bit. know for certain the fate of the pig, but I was like, even just even if the pig is fine at the end, it's like still him going through two hours of the I movie and looking just, for his lost beloved pet. And like, and like, like pigs no. are like dogs in a, in a lot of ways yeah, too. And I pigs just, are great. So yeah, I appreciate it. But yeah, let's talk about that in a second. We're gonna play some music and head on into the closing. Oh, 
Does Prisoners of Ghostland come out next month? Is that why? It comes out this. It comes out later this month. And I, the reason I threw it in there as a possibility is because it's October. So, so I was like, do we want to go horror? Yeah, I, we don't a good have point. to. That's a good point. So, we did, so we, here, we can do whatever you want. I will let you know. I'll let you pick. Hmm. But this is my uh, kind of stance. Okay, let's hear it. If we do a new Cage movie, which we were planning on doing, right? Pig or uh, Prisoners of Ghostland. Mm-hmm. The next month, I want to go back to the beginning. So whatever would come after. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that means if we don't do Pig, it's going to be what three months before we watch it or we review it. Hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So think about it. Um, I'm just trying to think about like what are people. I mean, have we missed the window on Pig? Part of me thinks we have, and if mm. the hype is what it is there's a part of me that thinks it's going to come back around in february if you know what i mean oh you think it's going to be like oscar stuff if the hype is what i've seen it being Uh i could especially Uh in a world where so many actors are problematic Mm. why not give the world something nice and let nick cage kind of shine a little bit i mean he's such a hollywood like you know, I mean, he looms large, right? He's such an mm-hmm. outlier. Um, and they haven't given him anything since. Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that was after Moonstruck, right? I so, think so, I mean, I feel like the Academy is doing at least a nomination, right? Yeah, especially in a world where we've had so many like newer people end up being problematic. Looking at you, Mr. Yeah. I.E. Toes. Uh, Pickle Boss. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you, Mr. Armory. Ar- Ar- Army Hammer. Yes. The Armory. Arm and Hammer. I just, you know this, right? Yes. But yes. He, yes. The Ar- yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there's just a part of me that thinks that. Yeah. Especially like in That's a world a like. Point. Like we talked about last episode, like Tiffany Hadish having like the kind of feeling she has about. Like Nick Cage. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody have a negative thing to say about Nick Cage, about working with him or who he is as a person or anything. You hear he's a freaking weirdo, but you know what? But That's okay. I would rather be friends with a weirdo than friends with a, like a jerk. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love having weirdos in my life. Exactly. A hundred, <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. So. God, please, universe, don't tell us anything bad about him. I don't want it. I, I know. I I just Take don't. it to the grave if it's bad. I don't want to know. Yes, totally agree. Uh, so we'll talk about it, but I think maybe Pig <clears throat> might have its renaissance window closer to award season, mm. but we'll see. Maybe, and if it isn't, then we'll be like, we're covering it. Yes, I, bullshit 100% on, I am right on board with you. I think that's okay. brilliant. All right. Okay. All right, let's do Ghost. So, again, if you would like to send in some Nick Cage artwork or send us in questions or audio clips of your questions or if you made, like, a song to Nick Cage you want to send to us, like, we will include it. Uh, we, are, we are here for the people. Our email that Rachel set up because she's a badass is nickcage at zombiegirlsgrlz.com. Um, that's kind of everything I got. I just want to say thanks to Rachel. We, we put this off a week because of... Going with Dante and everything. 
Um, this is still going to come out pretty much on time because I'm on vacation, so I have time to edit. I just, yeah. I just really want to say thank you to Rachel for being flexible and understanding oh and gosh. kind of bouncing around. So it was really, really nice. Of you. Not a problem. Not a problem. Anytime. Yeah. Hopefully, never again because it's not oh necessary. My God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if God forbid something were to happen, of course. Yes. Uh, any last thoughts? So plan for next episode. Huh. I don't do. Are we leaving all of that discussion back and forth in? Yeah, is that okay? Oh, we are. Okay, oh, that's fine. I just didn't. Oh, if that was an aside, because if not, I was like, we gotta announce what it is. Nope, but... that, that's. I think. I think we land on prisoners of Ghostland. Okay, perfect. Exciting. I'm into it. I've been dying to see it. He claims it is the wildest, strangest movie he's ever done, which is saying a lot. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> All right, perfect. And if you are a patron, make sure you stick around until the end. Uh, Rachel has a second cage rage that she sat on for us to yeah. kind of chew on here. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling spicy. <laughs> so we will talk to everyone on the flip side. See you later. Bye, everybody. So, Rachel. Um, yes. This, Welcome to the extended. This is the extended. <laughs> uh, our first one, actually, on the Cage podcast. I said I was going to have something, but uh, if you haven't been following along, it has been a crazy two and a half weeks for me. Yeah, I think you get a pass. Yes. So, I appreciate <laughs> you giving me that grace. Uh, I, I promise I'm going to come with something fun next month. But. Rachel has something. It is kind of a callback to one of our favorite sections, the Cage Rage. I'm not playing the music here because it's very aggressive and you don't need that <laughs> much aggression. No, not nobody needs that much aggression in their life. But you have a second Cage Rage. Yes. So this is honestly the conversation I can only have with you okay. because nobody else has that I, I mean, other people do, but nobody else in my life has, um, a real dog in this fight. Okay. <laughs> Whereas you are like a big Kanye. You are you are like all in on the yay, right? You're very pro yay. I am. Yes. Okay. He starts a cult. You're cool. He is. I'm not going to go that far. I... He hangs out with Trump and tries to thwart the election. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> I contend that Kanye West is a Mount Rushmore rapper. I think that he has had some of the best rap albums ever put out. Okay. Uh, Kanye as a person, to me, is like the rap world's version of Elon Musk. (laughs) Okay. And I don't like Elon Musk. But if you know who Elon Musk is, you know exactly what I'm trying to say when I describe I it like that. 
yeah like epic narcissist yes uh, uh-huh, like uh-huh, literally he uh-huh. shits bricks and he eats it like the fact that he got yeah. mad at south park for calling him a gay fish like oh my god is literally I know. all you need to know about kanye as a person mm-hmm. but musically i do think kanye west is on like that eminem tupac nos like level right do you find yourself struggling with the artist versus the art with him a little with bit? kanye no yeah okay okay that's fair because i can vary because like what he has done is more it's like the elon musk stuff like he's not done anything bad he's just really fucking annoying he had been successful in his plans. We might have Trump as president right now. I'm just going to say that again. There was no <laughs> tried to... world where that was happening. Yeah. Like, it, I just, when, when I saw he so, was doing that. The thing that, is, is, he could have been a spoiler candidate that, like, because the margins were so tight. That's why I was scared. But he couldn't even get on all the ballots in all the, the states that mattered anyway. So, like, I, it, but to... that's not, that was true, but not because he didn't want to. But yeah, but <laughs> because... that's what I meant. It was, it was, it was, like, he definitely <laughs> wanted to, but like, I just knew it was never going to happen. Right, but he wanted to. <laughs> so, like, the his heart was in that place. Yeah, and, and Elon Musk wants to put a fucking, like, stimulant brain chip in every human being's yeah, brain. Like, no. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, I, I don't know. I have a, yeah, like, but I'm not struggling it, it, with the art versus the artist yeah. on Elon with, with, Musk. With, I'm, <laughs> I'm very clear in my direction on Elon Musk. Like, I guess it's like, like with so many, like, artists who like really just have ruined themselves for me which mm-hmm. i have a feeling i know where you're going with this mm-hmm. uh for for kanye it's more just like you're so fucking dumb it's it's more like that to me mm-hmm. okay so the thing i'm spicy about this week is we have-